Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley. Jihei, how are you? You know, I am feeling just like our weather. Hot, 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 hot. It is super hot here. It is so hot here and it's Thanksgiving. And I guess this is what we love about being in Southern California in, in Los Angeles, that it could be Thanksgiving week and it could be very hot, Jihei. We could be by the beach having some uh, drinks in our bathing suits. That is the beauty of Los Angeles. What is normally also the beauty of Los Angeles is the annual USC-UCLA game, and I did go to it. I did go because I did want to see what was going to happen, and as these things tend to happen, I got invited and was hanging out with friends, and um, the line was only three and a half. And I'm thinking, you know what, listen, USC is garbage, but UCLA is not that great. So, like, maybe, you know, let's put a little something down on USC. They're playing at home. They're pride. Come on. I mean, I don't know why when it comes to USC, I think things are going to change. This team is a hot mess, Jihei. I've never seen a team with so little pride, and especially at home. I have never seen a worse USC team at the Coliseum than this one. Jihei, when I was in school, my first year as a college student was back in 2000. That was Paul Hackett's first year at USC. And as luck would have it, my first year there was generally thought of as the worst USC team of all time. That team was five and seven. They were two and six in conference. And for the first time in school history, they finished in last place in the Pac-10. There was the Pac-10 back then. I am sorry, Paul Hackett, you do not have the title for worst USC team of all time. Step aside, 2000 USC team. This USC team, the 2021 USC Trojans, who are currently four and six, they are the worst USC Trojans team of all time. Now, they got two games left. They got BYU this Saturday at the Coliseum, (laughs) and then they got Cal coming up. uh, Well, that was the game that was rescheduled. That will be December 5th. Now, if USC finds a way to win those two games, and I don't think that they will, they still could technically play in a bowl. I really hope that they don't. I really hope that they lose these next two games and really just put the Put the kind of bow on the worst season in USC history, and I'll tell you why this is the worst season in USC history. Again, you kind of have to compare the two. Back in 2000, uh, USC was actually a decent team that that first month. They beat Penn State the first game of the year in New York in the kickoff classic. They won the first three games of the season. They were a top 10 team. They go to the Rose Bowl and they beat UCLA. Again, there were some highlight moments of that season. The other important thing, and this is like a low bar, they never gave up more than 38 points in a game, and they never lost by more than 17. And again, these are such low bars, but I feel the need to bring it up because USC at home are giving up over 40 points a game, and they are getting blown out. And let's just just 
put it out there right now because I called for well, – listen, I basically said if USC beats UCLA, Chip Kelly should not come back. I'd be shocked if Chip Kelly does a dozen sign a contract extension. 62 to 33. 62. Let me just repeat that again. 62 points. I mean, do you know how garbage your defense has to be to give up 62 points in a game? That is a basketball score. It really Arash. is. That's a basketball score right that there. That is a basketball score. That is a USC UCLA basketball score back in the day when, you know, <laughs> the Trojans weren't that good in basketball. I mean, 62 points? Are you kidding me? That's the kind of garbage defense. This is, I mean, listen, if, if you want to have a debate about is this or, is, like, is this not the worst USC team? This is unequivocally, no debate, the worst USC defense that I've ever seen. The worst USC defense of all time. But here's why. Here is why when you just look, when you look at the games and when you really look at the home games that USC has had, I mean, it really began just like the first game of the season against San Jose State. They they won that game, but but they're up by thirteen to seven in the fourth quarter. It's hot. People began to leave. That was the high water mark of the season at home. That 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 was as good that was as good as it was going to get for the USC Trojans this season. You you go on to to play Stanford. They are seventeen and a half point favorites in that game. And my goodness, Stanford lays it on USC, 42 to 28. The score was actually 42 to 13 with less than six minutes to go in that game. The Oregon State Beavers come into the Coliseum, beat USC 45 to 27 for the first time since 1960. The Utah Utes come into the Coliseum and beat the Trojans 42 to 26. First time the Utes beat USC in Los Angeles since 1916. 1916. And then U of A comes in. They are 0-8, riding a 20-game losing streak. And USC can only beat them by a touchdown, 41-34. to And then really, the kind of vicing on the cake, if you will. 62. 62 points. 62-33, to UCLA wins. And so... We already knew that they were going to clean house. I mean, obviously, they fired Clay Helton two games into the season. But, G.K., even I did not expect it to be this bad. To give up 62 points to the UCLA Bruins, again, the most that UCLA had scored in that uh, series against USC was 48. So this is two touchdowns more than that. Absolute embarrassment, absolute rock bottom for the USC Trojans. And we'll see where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, man, I have never seen you be such a non-homer. Like, you're normally a very positive individual. You are yeah. very, you know, even on Friday you said, yo, I, I, I could see them putting it out there and maybe coming back from this and playing this game for pride. I'm making kind of a mistake of thinking that these kids have some <laughs> pride. I mean, for goodness sakes, like, if you're going to lose, lose. I mean, that, I, that, that, that's fine. Which that, they did. Th- well, that's they fine. Did. But don't give up 62 freaking points. 62 points. That's actually, when I think about it, kind of, like, hard to do. Like, if you're playing at home and you're as talented as USC should be this year, 62 points? I mean, what the heck are you doing that you're giving up 62 points? And Todd Orlando... You are stealing money from USC. Defensive coordinator. What kind of a defensive coordinator? Todd Orlando should resign today. He should have resigned 
post game, he did not even speak to the reporters, didn't even have the courage to say, hey, what the heck's going on, Todd? I mean, 62 points, giving up over 40 points a game at home. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that he knows that his job is, is, well, that is goes on the line. Saying. Yeah, well, I, well, the whole coaching staff is gone, but yeah. Todd Orlando, do you want a, a job next year? What, what kind of a job is he going to get? I mean, he may as well be the defensive coordinator of a high school team. And even then, I'll be like, you're bringing in this guy, Todd Orlando, to be the head, to be the defensive coordinator. What kind of schemes are you running to give up over 40 points a game at home and to give up 62? And by the way, Chip Kelly really wanted to lay it in, didn't he? 48 points. They went for two. Don't worry, Chip. Don't worry about the 50 burger. They're going to give you a 60 burger. I I mean... I, I wish I was there to celebrate the the aftermath uh, with Chip Kelly. Well, I was uh, thinking the club was going to go off. You know, oh, I'm, I'm he, sure he, Chip stopped by. He he did. He did. He 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 celebrated with his his uh, his coaching staff. But um, neither here nor there. You know, and you should you should celebrate that. You should you should you should because USC is supposed to be the pride of LA, right? Like At least they, with football. But yeah, certainly not this year. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what, what what does USC have to do in order to turn that corner. Listen, like, they really do have to go for the home run hire here. This is not a safe hire. This is rock bottom for USC. So when you talk about who are the home run hires out there, listen, Jacksonville Jaguars situation is a train wreck. <laughs> Urban Meyer, you know will turn this team around. If Urban Meyer is the coach at USC, this team is competing for a national championship within a couple of years. And you think I'm crazy. When Pete Carroll got here, again, following that train wreck of a 2000 season with Paul Hackett, the following year, they're six and six. The very next year, they're going to the Orange Bowl. They're a top four team. Carson Palmer wins the Heisman Trophy. So again, it only took Pete Carroll two years. I'm telling you, with the talent that they can get here and the talent that they probably have on this team, there's probably some good players on this team. The one thing USC always does well is recruit. So you're, you're going to get these top 10 recruiting classes. I'm not worried about talent. I'm worried about how are you going to coach these players to play up to their capabilities and to not get humiliated. Again, when you lose the way that they did, they just quit. They've quit on this team, and that's why these last two games of the season, I mean, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. They have no pride. They don't care about playing at home. Uh, They don't care about going up against UCLA. Again, that game was supposed to be a game where you throw out the record books. It doesn't matter. It's USC, UCLA, you know, the pride of Los Angeles. But when I look at what's happening with this team right now, there is no pride. And listen, the players have obviously quit on the, the coaching staff because the coaching staff's gone. So you're bringing in a new group. But who is that going to be? I, I'm fairly certain that the coach who will be the next head coach of USC is currently the head coach somewhere else, whether that's in college, whether that's in the pros. I think Meyer makes the most sense. And I really do believe with how terrible this season has gone, you do have to go for that home run big name hire because you have to realize this is a business and now you're not only competing against UCLA for example 
You're competing against the Rams, the Chargers, the Lakers, the Dodgers, all these teams in Los Angeles, and you just spent $350 million refurbishing the Coliseum. You want that place to be full again? You want that place to be packed? You want that place to be rocking and rolling? You have to make that home run higher, and I think, listen, in college athletics, a lot of times that home run higher is going to come with some baggage. I'm fine with that baggage. Give me all that baggage if it means USC is going to once again compete for a national championship. I mean, LSU and Florida just dropped both of their coaches. So are are we thinking maybe these guys can come over to lovely sunny California and and help us out a little bit? Yeah. No, listen, I, I, I... my thing with Los Angeles is that the recruits are going to be there. You, you, you have the state of California. So the great thing is if you, have a com- if you have a competitive USC team, you're going to get all the California re- recruits. And the, what made Pete Carroll so great, he, he would go into Florida and get their recruits, go around the country. USC is not doing that right now. And right now, without a head coach, I, I don't know what recruits they're going to get. Because if I'm watching this program right now, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So we'll see who they get. We'll, we'll, we'll see what big name hire they can get. But there's going to be competition now. Louisiana State's going for a head coach. Florida's going for a head coach. So it's not just USC. And if you're a head coach out there, do you want this USC job? Like, would you rather have the LSU job, the Florida job, some other job out there? No, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. But I... What I'm asking is, would maybe like Coach O want to come to LA? Would I don't think USC wants Coach O right now. I think there was a lot of baggage there in Florida, and I and I love Coach O. I think he's going to be forever well regarded within the USC family. But I think a lot of things happened there that USC doesn't really want to touch it. And I don't know if there's the belief within the program that like that's the right guy. Yeah, like they just don't want the drama. Yeah, and uh, there's this feeling that. Listen, there, there was a reason he didn't get the job the first time around, and I don't want to knock him for that, but it's like, listen, I, th- I think um, on paper, he, he, he fits the bill. He won a national championship, you know, two years ago or not, like, yeah, a yeah, year and a half ago. ago. Yeah. And then uh, recruits well, but there's something about Coach O that from what I've been told, he is not a candidate for this job. Okay, that's kind of disappointing. But um, yeah. do, do you think uh, do you have anybody at the forefront that you would one hundred percent want? I want Durbin Meyer because I, I don't think Jacksonville is going to keep him as the head coach. And I think even if I'm him right now, like I, Jacksonville is not a job you're going to be at for the next ten years. Even with all the drama that he has as well, like all the I'm like fraternizing, you're okay with the fraternizing. Well, what, what are you talking about? But the clip about like the girl yeah, on him on at a lap. sports bar. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I don't. I mean, that's basically, you know, Tuesday night of shellbacks. I don't really <laughs> care about that. Listen, at the end of the day, there is a um, – you're not going to hire a coach who hasn't done something. You know, if, 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 if you're available right now, there's, there's something has happened. Either you didn't win on the field, you were at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm not saying he's a saint, obviously. But I do think if this is a business, if we're going to approach this as such, who is the one coach that I'm confident that if he were to get hired by USC, would be able to turn this program around, would get USC back in the college football playoff, it would be him. I think Gerben Meyer has this track record of whether you talk about Utah, whether you talk about Florida, whether you talk about Ohio State, where that once he takes over – that that team is a competitor. That team is a contender. That team is a national championship team. 
Okay. I mean, I guess on paper, Meyer is, is great. I'm just not a huge fan. Yeah. Not not a huge fan. Um, also, not a huge fan of this fight that went went down with the oh Lakers. Oh, my God. How did we get this far without talking about this? I guess I was I so know. riled up about <laughs> USC. But anyways, no, listen. Um, so I was at SoFi Stadium last night uh, for the uh, Chargers-Steelers game, but also tracking the Lakers-Detroit uh, Pistons game. And the, you know... As normally happens, I kind of like not tune out, but I'm not really paying attention because the Lakers are down again in the third quarter. They're down by 12 points. And all of a sudden, and I've never seen, at least recently, it's not the palace in the palace, but recently, what happened between Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James. Now, LeBron James, in my view, did mean to make contact. I don't think LeBron James at this point in his career doesn't know what he's doing. And so when he kind of flails his left hand, um, I I think he wants to make contact. Now, he doesn't think he's going to maybe punch Stewart in the face like he did drawing blood, but Stewart was incensed. And this is the part I've never seen happen before because he went after LeBron, they were stopped, and then he kind of, was calmly walking away from the fight before he like ran back and wanted some more calmly kind of walking away like i'm good i'm good i'm good and then running like multiple times doing that and then the last time which i think that they caught him he ran through the pistons corridor knowing full well how to go out the other side and i mean it was i've never seen anything like that before and um so LeBron was ejected, I think rightfully so. I, now, now, to what extent he meant to harm Stewart, I don't know. I think he meant to make contact. I don't think LeBron James at this point in his career doesn't know what he's doing when he does that. So when you look at the replay, and by the way, I'm not alone in this, the officials looked at the replay, gave him a flagrant two, and ejected him from the game. Now, Stewart obviously had to go, and we'll see how, how long he's out for. Um, the fascinating thing about this, GK, is that these two teams play against Sunday. So one week from when they had that fight, this Sunday at Staples Center, rematch, Lakers-Pistons, might as well be on pay-per-view. I mean, this is going to be nuts. I mean, a game that normally people wouldn't care about, Lakers-Pistons, this will be the focal point because everyone's going to be watching to see what Stewart and what LeBron James will do. Yeah, I mean, in LeBron's defense, and I rarely ever come to LeBron's defense, he apologized, like, right then and there, uh, right when he well, I uh, think he meant contact. to, do, well, you know, it's sort of like the, the uh, cheap shot, though, when you kind of, like, cheap 100%. shot someone, and then you're like, oh, like, I didn't do it, like, like okay, LeBron can pretend, like, he, I mean, but when you look at the replay, and again, the officials looked at the replay and said that was an intentional flagrant, too, and they kicked him out of the game, so I, I don't want to give him credit for intentionally hurting, or intentionally hitting someone and then pretending like he didn't mean to. Because I, I do think to what extent he meant to hit him, I don't know. But it, it, when you look at the replay, it looked like he punched him in the face almost. So it it wasn't like, whoops, my like elbow caught Slipped you. Slipped or, yeah. 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 No, no, no. And I, and I looked at the replay and, I, and he obviously had intent. Yeah. Um, he wanted to create contact. I don't think that he wanted to create blood. No, <laughs> he I don't want think to draw so blood. I, think, um, I don't think so. I think that he did, however, want to obviously get the rebound. He obviously wanted to get so, somewhere... Um, uh, I also think that the fact that this guy apologized right then and there, that just shows you that he obviously didn't want to, you know, co- create any harm or yeah. like, I don't think the intent was insanely malicious. 
Um, so that being said, right call on the refs, which we never ever say that because refs normally don't get, give the right call. Right call on the refs to reject him for a flagrant two. Not the right call for Isaiah Stewart to come back the way that, that, that Yeah, that was insane. That was literally like a UFC fighter, you know, It was like pro around. wrestling though because it yeah. was like, it's like, 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 like I'm good. Like you can, you know, you don't have to hold me. And then he like, you races back race twice and then he wanted to do the the third time was the most unique which we i think someone caught him in the, the corridor because yeah kate cunningham i think like was that, was was, yeah. was in the um in the middle of the court just trying to hold him back hold him back and i think even security was trying to hold him back, hold him back. well no the, so the last thing of this was when he raced like through the pistons, like like he's going towards the pistons locker room, but he knows how to get to the other side of the court. It was just crazy. It was madness. I'd never seen anything like that. Um, we are actually going to hear uh, some more from that when when uh, we come back from maybe for, from um, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook when we come back right here on the Mighty Air Ted ninety in Southern California and ninety eight point five the Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around... Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Uh, again, crazy scene last night in Detroit. LeBron James ejected. Isaiah Stewart obviously ejected, just going crazy. And listen, listen, if someone hits you in the face and you're bleeding, I can uh, totally uh, sympathize with being very, very upset, but uh, again, never seen a situation in terms of a, a player kind of agreeing that it's that it's done, it's over, I'm going to walk in my direction, and then sprinting back into the scene and trying to go after LeBron James again multiple times. So that was just, uh, again, never seen anything like that in terms of recent memory. Um, obviously, people kind of for a moment knocked back to the malice of the palace, and you could hear the PA announcer during this whole thing saying, stay in your seats, you know, don't go on the court, which is again, that that's, that's the first thing I think people in Detroit are, are thinking about is uh, the malice at the palace. And, you know, again, if, if that had happened years ago, who knows what would have happened, but uh, cooler heads, thankfully, maybe at the end pre- pre- prevailed Sunday though, these two teams again go at it. Normally speaking, when you have the Pistons and the Lakers and something like, like, like this happens, Maybe they don't see, you know, perhaps they don't see each other again for months. But again, one week later, Sunday, this Sunday at Staples Center, we're going to get the Lakers and the Pistons and we will see what happens. But now let's kind of regroup and kind of hear from uh, the uh, guys who were there last night. Again, LeBron James did not talk to the media, but we did hear. From Anthony Davis, from Frank Vogel, and Russell Westbrook, who got a technical and was uh, kind of uh, surprised he got that technical. But um, listen, I, I, 
I think when you look at the, the replay, he uh, clenched his fist and he was going, I mean, nothing happened, but I, I, I don't uh, think if you really look at it, he deserved that tee. So now let's hear from Frank Vogel, Russell Westbrook, and from Anthony Davis. Just first of all, I want to know what your vantage point was for everything that's going on at midcourt and then how you guys were able to get in the timeout and come out and play the game from that point. Um, the free throw, boxing out, you know, dropped it, Stewart dropped it. Did it with Brian. Brian did the same thing. Everyone in the league, you know, Brian out there and got really hit him. So as he did it, he looked back at him and said, Oh, my bad, I ain't trying to do it. He tried to, I don't know what he's trying to do, but I know nobody on our team, um, once the 15 was, was happening, you know, we want to take our brother. Um, I've never, in years since I've seen a player try to, you know, since I've been playing, I've never seen it before, but, um, but, um, but in recent basketball, like, you don't call for, you know, Got cut above the eye, accidentally. Like, you know, it wasn't on purpose. He wasn't, he wasn't alive, but he charged our, our brother like that. Like, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he wasn't on his eye. And then just in the, in the fourth quarter, you and Ross, both sides of the court, like he was really aggressive early. We got a ton of plays on both ends and defensive. Was, Extension of that, or did you guys find something else on the course with Dennis Park? No, it didn't even win. I mean, at the end of the, at the, end of the third, I think we were down 15, and um, I will say this is where we um, figure out who we are as a team. You know, uh, must win game. Um, one of our guys out, thank God, just made some big plays, made some big shots. You know, Russ, big three, big time layups. Um, you know, Mellow, big time threes. You know, everybody on the defensive band, big time plays. Um, wherever you're going, you know, you need it. And, you know, also just a spark, you know, a little fire under our, you know, what to, to get going. Um, but it feels good to get back in the college. That was my question for you. Is there one player that stood out? You said it was going back. Gosh, you guys, how do you guys keep your composure? Do all this and get yourself ready to play again? Gotta stay a little, stay ready. I mean, you get a break like that, you know, especially when, you know, a situation like that happens. You know, the, the most important thing and the number one thing, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, um, they're a solid player, might feel a certain way, our player might feel a certain way. You know, you don't want anybody to get hurt out there. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we stay composed. Um, and we got it in our mind if we want to win this game. No matter what the circumstance was, no matter what the score was, we get it. In a, especially in the fourth quarter, right how we're supposed to play, um, making the right reads, guys shooting in rhythm, probably our best defensive quarter this season. You know, only taking 17 points in the fourth. Um, so you know, we got to build off of this, you know, especially on defense. Kind of building off of what you were just saying, like the defense. You had some, some really impactful defensive plays for blocking Kate twice on the same position. Just wondering, 
Is there something different for you when you guys are playing defense at that level, or maybe you personally, is, are you reading the game differently? What's different that kind of sparks that energy from you or the group? block, um, you know, be a charge. It could be anything, you know, whatever, whatever it is. We got to make sure we go. We have too many, you know, problems with with straight line drives and both sides, which compromising our defense and putting guys in rotations too early. Um, so we got to do a better job protecting the basketball. But uh, the last five, six minutes of the game, we're able to do that. And um, you know, I think we're getting good rhythm shots and, and not being selfish offensively. It kind of gets us back in transition and get us get us a chance to tell our defense. Um, and that's what we're really good. You know, when we when we shoot the bad shots and turn it over, you know, guys put their head down or, you know, complaining or whatever, and it compromises our defense. So the longer we're able to continue to do what we got to do off of the day, and we see the ball win, you know, they kind of want to stop switching with them. Um, and then we'll do that. But we can't continue to dig ourselves in a hole you know, and fight to get back. You know, we need to be the one that um, creates leads and Hey, you Russ had better numbers on fourth quarter tonight than he had this all for Boston. What do you think working for him during that stretch? And how do uh, you guys feed off his players and I everyone's play with? The dunk. Jay Dunk just got his ball, got him going, got his confidence up. They came back in three. Lane um, Biala was talking to him. Uh, but that dunk kind of just sparked us. You know, we already, you know, put a lot of energy for that dunk, kind of got us on, um, kind of silenced the crowd a little bit. And we got going, we started making shots to our defense. So uh, we played the hell of the game. Like I said, I think everybody's level raised when they were beating out. You know, and that's what we got to do is next man stuff mentality. And, you know, we really do that. Media they just came off the court, but when you guys got back to the locker room, was LeBron there? Did he have a reaction to the, to the way that he ended? I was going to be back in the locker room. I think so. It, it looked like Stewart was trying to run down the tunnel to get behind you guys. Did he get back out on the court behind you? And I understand. Um, and my other question is, how thankful are you that it didn't get any uglier than it did, that both sides were able to keep things calm, fans didn't throw anything, because I was here 17 years ago, and I said we definitely choice so it was bad facts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the NBA security, our security, their security, coaching staff, um, even some players did a good job of, you know, trying to de-escalate the situation. Um, even though he kept charging and charging and charging, trying to run in circles, go behind, like all that stuff. So um, our security, their security, league security, you know, the arena security, everybody did a great job trying to de-escalate the situation. Um, and you never want to get to that point, you know, um, 17, like 17 years ago. Um, but... Um, I said, we're not, 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 we're
um, our, our security and it's security and it's a really hell of a job. Hell of a job. So I'm going to fail. Yeah, just um, whenever I can be in attack mode, make sure the team follows. It's something that um, is beneficial for me and, and obviously for our team. And, that was the night where we needed it, um, especially for myself, um, especially for everyone else. So. For us, he pointed the, the dunk you had on Diallo as kind of starting point through the in the in game. What was what was your mindset kind of as you looked at it? Because you know you guys are trailing potential potential loss you know, during loss of this road trip. You know, other night up to that point. Where was where was your kind of mindset at that point? Um, not losing. Um, you know, I mentioned the guys at the time about that we're going to win this game. We was down 15 at the time. Um, regardless of what happened before, um, just don't panic. You know, we know that we can close games and take one possession at a time. We have to hit home runs. And, you know, tonight we did a good job of just being solid, making the right plays, making the right repeats, um, and it worked out for us. Russ, how were you guys able to maintain composure with all that from the dog and going out? Stupid is doing what he's doing. How you guys just stay um, older guys, man. We, you know, our guys on this team been in so many different situations and as a team and together. Um, you know, we preach togetherness as a unit, and, you know, regardless of what's happening. Um, running the teams and whatever the refs, whatever that may happen, we have to sit together through everything. Are you surprised to see Stewart's reaction? You know, yeah, I don't know. He might ask him that. I'm not really sure, you know, of his reaction to why he did that. What did the official say that you were assessed a technical for? Who got tech? You did. You did. I got tech. Oh wow! Why did I get tech? I didn't know I had tech. You got the way. Well, that's interesting. Well, you know, this is being Russell, I guess. For me, Russell Westbrook, he just trying to do anything. Apparently. No, whatever. I don't know why. I don't know what I did, but whatever. Got to put on somebody. Easy. I'm an easy person to talk shit on, but I mean. Russ, have you been able to talk to LeBron um, since the game ended? Or, or, and what was his reaction to the win? No, I haven't. I'm just going to try to figure out how the hell I got to say. <laughs> it's crazy. Russ, Frank, you know, maybe person of the moment type of thing, but you said that this could be the, the type of thing that can be a momentum changer for an entire season, the way you guys all can get us once the final out. Uh, some regular season wins feel more significant uh, than others, and where you guys can go again. Definitely. Um, especially when, you know, we've been living in the game, we know we should win. Um, we finally break the seal, uh, come collectively for people who win. It's important to um, use the momentum kind of leading to the next game. You know, it was unfortunate contact. You know, Brown was just trying to get a double to rotate, which was a foul. And he was trying to shed the contact and an incidental contact that was, you know, obviously enough for a flavor too. Um, you know, but the reaction was what it was. And, uh, you know, I think our, our guys did a good job, you know, protecting our teammates, but not trying to escalate. You know, uh, you know that's what you want. You want peacekeepers in those situations. And, um, you know, for the most part, I feel like our guys did that while. You know, obviously, form a wall around uh, a teammate, you know, and uh, standing up for each other without, you know, turning into something uglier. So, uh, commend our guys for that. 
Did you see anything from Westbrook and AD in particular, Frank, after that, maybe particularly in the fourth quarter, uh, to turn the tide? Oh, for sure. And, you know, to me, it's one of those things that can change the momentum of your season, you know, to see guys rally around uh, a teammate that, that just got ejected like that, um, you know, in a, in a strange circumstance. Um, played with incredible guts, started the fourth quarter down 15. And, um, you know, that's, a that's the determination that this, that this team is going to need. Um, you know, these young guys play hard, and we're getting everybody's best punch every night. You know, so that's how hard we got to play to get W's. So, you know, to see that we can do it and get a tough one on the road, down 15 to start the fourth, it's a heck of a win for us. Mike, you was saying that the guy after this spoke up after it was ejected. Mike, what was to have his voice as he was back? Will has been great for us. I can't, I can't say that you know strongly enough. You know, he really has been, uh, you know, uh, a champion for all, all the right causes of what we're trying to get done. Um, you know, the defensive commitment uh, and buy-in, you know, to try and play for each other. Um, you know, the effort and determination that we have to put forth each night. And, you know, it showed up in that stretch as well. You know, he was the one that uh, spoke up, you know, along with others, you know, to say, like, we, we can't let this uh, turn out to be a loss. Like, we got to rally around this. So, credit to him. Frank, um, you know, it seemed like there was frustration with the, the game in general before um, that the incident broke out. And then, obviously, you guys spent some time really struggling on the court. How tough was it to kind of manage the frustrations of that moment and then sort of the escalation of that and then try and refocus these guys? I mean, was it just, did it take time? What, what were you trying to do at that time to kind of get these guys back on task? Well, obviously, when that happens, you know, you got to get locked in and you got to rally around it. You know, so that's, that's where your talking points are with the team. Um, you got to rise, rise to the level of the occasion and, you know, uh, step, step up for a teammate that got ejected. Um, up until that point, you know, we're still trying, we're still figuring each other out. You know, we're still learning each other. And, uh, you know, uh, some stretches look really good and some not so good. You know, we'll make some lineups to, to try and gain some, some traction. Um, you know, in this game, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, some positives, some negatives, but you know, the overall theme is that you know, our guys showed the necessary determination to get it a, a difficult one on the road, and um, you know, hopefully we can build on it. Frank, uh, you had a chance to thank LeBron post game in the locker room, and if so, what was his message? Did he have one to the team about the way that? Yeah, that's that's what he said. Just stay in the locker room. I mean, I talked to him, yeah, but uh, I'm not going to disclose what his message was. Frank, Russell at 15 points, six assists in the fourth quarter, uh, shot as efficient. And his energy seemed to be complete for some of his teammates. What did you see out of Russell in that moment? You talked about the momentum for your team. Could this be a momentum uh, spot for, for Russell individually? I think uh, both, yes. You know, momentum for our team. Um, and what I saw was someone that, you know, showed that. That will that Russell's famous for, you know, um, you know that he's just going to be relentless attacking the basket, um, and hopefully making the right plays every time when he gets there. And you know, he just had you know extreme locking on both sides of the ball. His defense, we were talking, everybody was really competing at a, at a super high level. And you know, his offensive determination to attack, you know, was uh, it was something that was very welcome and. Uh, 
know, hopefully, like you said, uh, a momentum builder for him as well. But that was Anthony Davis, Frank Vogel, and Russell Westbrook talking about what happened. And, um, you know, again, normally speaking, Pistons and the Lakers is not a game that that you would circle on your calendar. But on, uh, you know, the, you know the, the, the fact that they meet once again, one week after this happens. So this will still be fresh. Again, you know, how many games is Stewart going to miss? What's LeBron James you know, is he going to get, uh, you know, a, a couple of games suspension? We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think if both teams in the league are smart, that they will try to handle this prior to both those teams and certainly those two players going back on the court again Sunday. But um, just a wild, wild scene in Detroit. And some of the players were kind of talking about that maybe being a turning point for them. Again, having the ability to come back. They've been such a terrible second half team maybe just maybe this could be a turning point for them i mean i i kind of push back on that a little bit only because detroit is so terrible it's not like they have this amazing comeback moment against one of the best teams in the league i think the pistons may actually be when it's all said and done could be the worst team but the fact that they all came together that they had each other's backs maybe that will finally bring these guys together because the talent has never been the question mark for this team it has always been about chemistry so maybe in a weird way in a situation that you would like to forget and you certainly don't want to have happen maybe some team bonding some chemistry came from this that will bring these guys together again time will tell and the pistons are not that good but the fact that they were that they came together we'll see all right that's all the time we have for today Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. So it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it. Brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him. Blind to a broken man's dreams. A hard lesson. Court cases keep them guessing. Bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cause we're more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down, sunset, like in the scene. What's the worst they could do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA. On bail, my people say. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.